What's up, friends? It's Haley, aka Bird, and you are tuning in to the Give Em the Bird podcast. This podcast is all about challenging what it means to be healthy and fit. It's about celebrating sustainable behavior change and non-scale victories. And most importantly, it's about giving the bird to the diet industry and societal expectations of body size. Why? Well, because at the end of the day, you have an entire life to live that does not require your body look a certain way. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's give them the bird. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of GTB. My name is Haley, aka Bird, and I'm so excited to chat with you today. We've got a solo episode coming up for you. So this is going to be the first solo episode that I have recorded since season one. Um, And it's also the first solo episode that I'm like trying this video recording thing. So I got my Zoom up. Um, cause we're going to try to make YouTube work. And so, yeah, let's, let's just see how this here goes. I took my dogs out to this like nature area outside of town today, this morning. And I started thinking about an experience that I had, um, at the, like the group training studio that I've been going to, I shared it on my story. Um, by the time this comes out, it will have been months ago, but I shared it on my story on Instagram and I was just kind of reflecting about it this morning while I was like walking out in nature with my gorgeous dogs. And I realized that, um, I had a lot of thoughts around the topic of ego in the gym. And I think, you know, when we talk about ego, um, for me, the first thing that comes to mind when I think about ego in the gym are like those big meathead, like bros in the gym who make everybody else feel intimidating. And we're not even going to get into that today. (laughs) That's the first thing that comes to mind for me. But I also think about my own ego because I am fairly competitive in nature. Um, I also, like, I know many of you have shared with me have those like perfectionistic tendencies where I don't really want to be wrong. (laughs) I don't want to do something wrong. Um, I want to know that anything I do, I'm going to be great at it, right? Like I don't want to fail. And to me, that's ego. And to me, it can really harm us in the gym. But I think when I also, when I think about ego is like a confidence thing. Um, And so I think having a little bit of it, having that confidence is really helpful when it comes to fitness and movement and being in the gym. Right. Um, but when our ego is really inflated, I just was reflecting on how it can really harm us. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that today. So the first thing that comes to mind, and again, I'm thinking about the everyday average gym goer. I'm not talking about the bros. I'm not talking about meatheads. I'm talking about you and I, I and you, the folks that listen to GTB. So the first thing that comes to mind when I think about how ego and inflated ego can harm us is that it can lead to injury. Um, If we are so focused on doing more, like lifting more weight, running faster, running harder, um, whatever it might be, it can lead to injury. Um, When our body is telling us, hey, I'm going to need you to lighten up the load. I'm going to need you to dial down the intensity today and we don't because of our ego, it can lead to injury. It can be really harmful when we ignore those physical cues, like that very 
those very visceral cues that our body is telling us um, that we shouldn't do more today. You know, maybe if you're squatting, are you experiencing pain in an area of your body that um, maybe you have a past injury or you can just tell the difference between muscular pain, like muscular tension or um, muscles contracting under under um, an external load, right? Like weightlifting, like you can tell when it's muscular and when maybe it's a little bit not muscular and it's moving into some sort of like joint pain or discomfort. But I think if our ego is so inflated and it's like so loud that we are so focused on doing more, lifting more, running more, whatever it is, we will ignore those physical cues and it can lead to injury over time. Um, Even just like brief common overuse injuries. I shouldn't say brief because not overuse injuries aren't necessarily brief, but things like shin splints. I think a lot of times we just try to ignore the pain with shin splints and push through. Um, but that's the exact opposite of what shin splints often need, right? Um, it's very painful if you experience shin splints, especially like while running is most common. And there's some really easy things that we can do to try to treat those shin splints. But if we ignore those cues, it can definitely lead to things down the road, um, like stress fractures and worse. So that's the number one thing, like a very visceral thing is experiencing injury as a result though, of um, ignoring those physical cues that our body is telling us that like, Ooh, something don't feel right. It also disconnects us from our body. Right. And when we talk about intuitive eating and intuitive movement, what is the point to all of it? Well, it is to bring us back to those innate cues that our body gives us, right. Those innate things, um, like when we are hungry, when we are full, when we need to pee, (laughs) um, what foods we like, what feels good. Right. The whole point of listening to our bodies and healing our relationship with food and movement is really to reconnect with our bodies and learn to trust our bodies. And when we don't trust those physical cues that our body is giving us in relation to exercise, it disconnects us from it. Um, In a very extreme sense, again, we talk about it a lot with um, hunger when it comes to um, intuitive eating, but in a very like down the road, extreme sense, our, our body will literally shut off those hunger cues. So we no longer feel hunger rising. I can't say for sure that that happens with physically in the body, um, in, in regards to, um, like muscles or joints or whatever, but I can imagine that it could have a a similar effect. And even if we don't completely silence those injury cues, I almost want to say, or like the, your your ego cues, right? Like you need to tone it down a bit in the gym. It still disconnects us from our bodies because we're trying to get back to listening to it and honoring it. And if we feel points of pain or tension, and instead of stopping, we keep going, just it's putting another tally under the disconnect column. So beyond just injury, um, not listening to those cues can also disconnect us from our body. Um, The other thing that I think happens (laughs) or the other way that ego can harm us. This was an example that I have a very, uh, I just noticed it showing up in my own life. So I'm, I'm going to give you a backtrack a little bit and give you a story. So years ago I tried out, um, I think it's called a true form treadmill, but essentially, um, the way that they work is they're not self-propelled. So you don't set the speed. Like I don't put, okay, I want to run at 6.0, set the speed and then the treadmill increases. 
I, the runner or the walker increases it. So in order to go faster, you move closer to the front of the treadmill to stop it. You go to the back, like you ride it to the back and to maintain your speed, you run or you walk in the middle of it. And there's kind of like a, a little valley in it. And you stay at the bottom of that valley. It's it's not as dramatic as an actual valley, (laughs) but it's like a, um, an arch or like a reverse arch. You stay in that part in order to maintain your speed. Well, when I first tried this machine, I could not get it to barely start. Like I couldn't break into a run. Um, and when I did break into a run, I couldn't maintain it. And I was so confused. Like why can I not get this treadmill to work for me? So I avoided them. Any opportunity I got to use this kind of treadmill, I would avoid it. Um, and the other day in the group training place that I've gym that I've been going to, I couldn't avoid it. It was part of the workout. And of course they absolutely would have let me use any other machine than the treadmill, but I was like, screw it. I am going to, to actually try how to you to learn how to use this machine. And the, the coach who's an owner, he could tell that I was struggling a little bit. Cause I was like holding onto the sides. Cause I got it going, but I didn't know that you're supposed to move to the middle to maintain your speed. So I was up at the front of the treadmill and I was just like, like a hamster in a wheel. I couldn't slow down. I, I couldn't figure out how to, um, like regulate the speed again, because I hadn't quite learned how to use it yet. So he came over and he just shared with me exactly what I explained to you. Like, okay, to get it started, you're going to start at the front to stop it. You're going to let it pull you to the back and to maintain your speed. You're just going to ride it into the middle and stay in the middle of the treadmill. And once I got it, like once I tried it out, it took me, you know, a couple tries. I was like, holy shit. I freaking love this. Like it felt so good for me to be the one regulating my speed for me to be the one deciding how fast I went. And I felt like it was way more of an intuitive machine than a typical treadmill. Because again, I didn't set that I wanted to go at 7.5 miles per hour. I just let my body kind of pick a speed. And then when I was ready to maintain that, I would ride it back to the middle. But my point with this story, my point in that entire thing is that what kept me from trying out this treadmill, which I actually really freaking love, (laughs) like I will probably eight times out of 10, try to use that treadmill in the future. If, if I have an opportunity to, um, I missed out on trying that out for so long because of my ego, I was so afraid to hop on one of these treadmills to not know how to use it, to be bad at it, to look like a fool that I stayed off of it because my ego was so enlarged. It kept me from trying something new for fear of not doing it correctly because um, to avoid people thinking I'd never done it before. Right. And this kept me from progressing. It kept me from learning. It kept me from enjoying a a new piece of equipment that, um, I previously didn't have a positive interaction with. Like it just kept me from experiencing how good it felt for me and my body to run on, on this different type of treadmill. So I think when our ego is large, when it's taken over, it can also the easiest way I I hear it is like, it, it can keep us from playing the game. (laughs) It can keep us from trying new things. Um, so often when I meet with clients, they have avoided similar to me. Um, you know, maybe they want to oftentimes want to get started with strength training, 
but they have avoided getting started with strength training because they don't want to go to the machines in the gym and other people to see that they don't know how to use them. They don't want to sit on the machine. They don't want to have to be seen, um, reading the descriptions and the instructions of how to use the machine. And I think that's our ego, right? That fear of what other people is going, are going to think about us. That is our ego. And again, when it comes to fitness, it keeps us from very clearly trying out new equipment, just trying new things in general, right? Like going to a new class, um, not knowing how to do something or not knowing what to expect. It keeps us from, um, doing new, new events, going to new gym, right? It just keeps us from doing so many things because we are so, um, our ego drives us, um, to not try to do things that we may not be the best at or that good at, or we might fail at. And, um, as you can see from my example, and maybe you can reflect on how this has happened in your own life. It keeps us from doing things that we might actually really enjoy. Um, I might've gotten on that trip. Like, I don't, I don't actually like running not yet. I know there's many runners out there that are listening. I'm not still not like a massive fan of running, but I absolutely dislike hate is a strong word, but I do not like running on regular treadmills and for the rest of my life. If I had allowed my ego to say, don't try out this treadmill that you had a negative experience with in the past, or that you felt some shame or like embarrassment from in the past, I might never step foot on a treadmill again. Um, but now that I know that I enjoy it, it feels really good for my body and it feels like more intuitive for me. I am going to be more likely to try that in the future. And I also think that that will be the same thing for other pieces of equipment in the future as well. Like just keeping that in the back of my mind, um, will remind me in the future when that happens to give it a whirl, try it out again. Um, and I also have to give a shout out to the coach who also saw that I was struggling, um, and came over and was like, have you ever used this before? Um, it was funny. Cause he actually asked me, he was like, how have you avoided this? And I looked at him and I go purposefully, I have purposefully avoided this, <laughs> which was so true. Um, but that's a huge piece or a huge factor. I should say it's a huge way that ego can harm us. It can keep us from trying new things for fear of not doing it correctly or people thinking that we've never done it before when like the irony is we have never done it before. So it's not going to look like we've done it before. Anywho, I think a third reason there's probably many other reasons, but a big, the big one for me that, um, well, for a way that ego harms us is, uh, it causes us to lose out on the incredible community building aspect of fitness, which in my opinion is one of the biggest benefits we get from movement. So when our ego is inflated, when we are driven by ego, and I think this can vary depending upon what setting you're in. Like if you're in a group fitness setting, or if you're working out alone in your gym, right. Might, might be a little different. Um, but if you are a part of some sort of fitness community, whether it be like you're going in person to a gym, or, um, maybe you do zoom workouts at home, or maybe you have like an app that you log your scores in or log your weights in, and you can see other people's and you can give them like a fist bump or a like high five, whatever, like a virtual one. If you are part of a community, any sort of fitness community, if our ego, if we are so freaking ego driven, instead of wanting others to do their best, we are so focused on ourselves being the best that it keeps us from building a positive community with the other folks in that space. 
So think about that for a second. Instead of wanting others to do their best, we are too focused on being the best, right? And to me, again, I think it's really sad because I, any sort of program, I should say any program, but any of the positive (laughs) spaces that I've been in with fitness, um, I have received so such good vibes, such great support. It's almost like the community has been more impactful than the actual workouts. Um, and I know that's maybe because I'm a people person, but even in some settings where like, it was a little toxic or like the workouts weren't necessarily like, it wasn't like a healthy and you know, it wasn't, uh, encouraging healthy relationships with exercise. I feel like I still had a really great community surrounding me. And we know that, you know, having, feeling a sense of connectedness and a sense of community, um, it improves our mental well-being. It also improves our physical well-being, especially if it's um, a fitness community, right? So I think the community building aspect is really important. Now, obviously this ego piece can come into play or like the competition piece can come into play if you're doing like an actual competition, right? Like if you're out to win a race or if you're doing a weightlifting competition, like, hell yeah, there's a piece sense of community within that. Um, but you also like have to hype yourself up and believe that like, I'm the baddest bitch. I'm the, the strongest bitch here. Like I will kill it. You know, like there is a little bit of, um, balance there with it. And anybody who has competed in sport, um, can probably relate to that. There is just like an innate, um, sense of community, but also like a healthy, competitiveness. There's always those people who are like so ego driven that they won't talk to anybody else. Um, and they miss out on the benefits that even in a competitive setting, um, the community building aspect that you can get if, uh, you allow yourself to. So those are kind of the three things that I think are three to four things that I think are, uh, the biggest harms, uh, of being driven by ego or how ego can harm us or hurt us. So again, it can lead to injury, um, because it disconnects us from our body or because we choose not to listen to our bodies, um, physical cues. It can keep us from trying new things for fear of being bad or failing or uh, looking like we've never done it before, which is just ironic because we haven't. And three, we lose out on, uh, the incredible benefit of gaining a community within the fitness space. So now you're probably wondering like, okay, well, how do I get rid of this ego? Um, I'm not necessarily sure that I'm the best one to (laughs) advise you on this just because I am fairly competitive. And this is something that I constantly have to check myself on, um, when it comes to fitness and ego, but one strategy that I think can be really helpful is doing like a mid or a pre check-in mid check-in and post check-in. So with your workout. Um, so when you're, you know, maybe warming up or getting ready to do your workout, doing a, a, a check-in one, just to ask yourself, like, how am I feeling in general? Sometimes I'll have clients give themselves a rating on a scale from like zero to 10, where 10 is like, feel great. Never felt better. And zero is like, feel like shit. Never felt worse. (laughs) Hopefully you're not there. Um, and a lot of times I use this with folks who are, like many of us trying to improve their relationship with, uh, exercise. So not necessarily related to ego, but we can do a pre-workout check-in just to get a sense of like how we're feeling. And I think also to remind ourselves like, Hey, 
is, did I leave my ego at the door? Um, or is ego still beside me? So being able to recognize that, and then also do like a halfway check-in and do the same thing. How am I feeling for one, right? Like making sure I'm still connected to my body and where's ego at, is it still standing at the door or has it moved over closer to me? This is like giving me creepy vibes. Like I'm seeing ego, like standing in a doorway, um, with like hair in its face. I'm kind of getting scared now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so is, you know, it has, is my ego still at the door or have I started to, um, be, be driven more by ego and, um, less by all the other positive factors, um, and motivators when it comes to fitness. And then also do a post check-in, um, and just reflecting on how did that go? Were there certain things that popped up that, um, where that ego was a little bit louder or more prominent? Um, what did that sound like? And also just in general, how am I feeling again on a scale from zero to 10, remembering that the goal of exercise and movement and fitness is to move us closer to that 10. If for some reason we're noticing that we're not getting closer to that 10, that's a really good indicator that we need to check in with what exercise we're doing. If it is depleting us, if it is causing us more stress, if it's making us feel worse than then, um, then better. Uh, yeah, we don't want that. So that's what I would do is just kind of do a, a, a brief pre-workout check-in mid check-in, and then a post-workout check-in. And again, just reminding yourself, you can use little mantras too. um, teamwork makes the dream or wait, dream teamwork makes it. Oh yeah. Teamwork makes the dream work or, um, we're all in this together or me versus me even. Right. I think that whatever little affirmations you can use to remind yourself, like, um, remind yourself to leave your ego at the door can be really helpful. So in summary, uh, if our, if we are solely driven by ego, if our ego is super freaking loud, uh, it can lead to harmful things like injury. It can prevent us from trying new things. And, uh, we can miss out on the incredible community that, uh, we can build with within the fitness space. So, figure out ways that you can leave your ego at the door, maybe consider implementing, um, those pre mid and post workout check-ins, um, and, and see how that goes for you. I would love to hear your thoughts on ego and how it can either harm us or help us. And again, I think it can do a little bit of both, right? It can fuel that competition. Um, it can motivate us in a, in a little bit of ways, um, but when we're solely driven by that, I think that's when the harm can come into play. So feel free to share your thoughts with me on Instagram. You can reach out to me at give them the bird podcast at gmail.com, or you can find me on Instagram at give them the bird podcast. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and, uh, I will see you back in a week for another one. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of GTB. If you're enjoying this podcast, feel free to head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate, review, and subscribe. You can also share this podcast on Instagram and tag me at Give Them the Bird Podcast. I will see you back here next week for another episode, but in the meantime, go give them the bird.